Well, God is good. And I know you said all the time out there, understand that. We're on this message series called uh, Up. It's up and it's uh, dealing with how to be confident. You think about, well, what is, what is confidence? Well, confidence is having that secure in your ability often and your skill set. I, I can get that job done. But I was reading and studying for the message, and uh, I'm here to tell you that there are more people in our culture today that are not confident, that are not confident in their skill set, not confident in, uh, in, uh, in their presentation of, of being able to speak or confident in their looks or in their appearance. As a matter of fact, we call that insecurity. And there's a lot of that out there. When there's insecurity, it's difficult to be able to promote a positive spirit and a positive attitude. We know that some will say, well, I'm not a good speaker, or I'm, I'm, I don't know math really well, and I'm not really good at, at decorating. And, and though you might have a great personality, you might have a great attitude, you might, you might have charm, you might have uh, just a, a great brain academically, but because you don't have a couple of things that maybe other people have, you just throw the towel in and say, hey, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just no good. Well, God calls on us, and he said, I want you to know, I want to carve into you a positive spirit. I want you to know that all things are possible to those individuals that, in fact, believe. Well, some people don't like the way that they look. Maybe they're just a little bit overweight into the hefty column. And maybe they can't get their hair done just right. Every beauty salon that I know was filled with appointments this week, endeavoring to get the hair back to the normal color that it used to be before COVID-19. And so that person might say, you know what, I, uh, because I'm hefty or whatever the case, I, I'm just no good. Forget it. I want you to know that God created every one of us. And the Bible says that God loves us and we can be confident that God's love for us and our value in our culture is not based on what the scales say you are every single morning. Do I have an amen out there? I know that I do wonderful personality and all that goes with it. There are those that are confident in everything. I mean, if you ask them a question, uh, they'll tell you, I'm, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, and all that, that goes along with it. And the reality is uh, they're a little bit cocky. I know you know someone that might be a little bit cocky, but can I tell you something? Here's what I figured out, and I think it's, I believe it's true. The person that is a little cocky and really tries to promote self-confidence, and those are the individuals that usually talk loudest, they're usually the most insecure person that you're going to meet. They got to cover the insecurity with loud volume. Well, there are three types of people I want to just touch base with right off the bat. Number one, people pleasers. Number two, they call those the fishers. And number three, the one-uppers. Let's talk about 
the people pleasers. This is the kind of guy that goes to the boss man and said, hey, boss man, I want you to know you do, you do a great job. You're the best boss I've ever had. You're a genius. You're the smartest boss I've ever had. I want you to know anything you ever need, I got you covered. If you ever need somebody to just really lift you up, I, I am the man. I'm the one that will help you make it through in, in your darkest hour. That's, that's a guy that says, I want to be a people pleaser. Here's another, the fishers. Here's the fishers. In other words, it goes like this. Hey, uh, how did uh, that the, the, the presentation that I made today in the board meeting, it wasn't good at all. I thought it was terrible. H- how did you think about it? What are they doing? They're fishing for a compliment. And then, of course, the third is the kind that's the one-uppers. Wow. One mother says, I'm just so pleased that my daughter memorized one chapter in the book of Hebrews. Just one chapter. Memorize the one chapter in the book of Hebrews. And another mom speaks up and said, well, I want you to know I know that you're happy with your kid, but my kid memorized the entire book of Hebrews in the Hebrew. Well, the one up, there you go. What are you, you going to do with that? Those kinds of people. Have you ever known a person that you went to school with? Maybe 11th grade, 12th grade, and, and uh, they were the kind of a nerd and individuals that they, they were not coordinated at all. And as a matter of fact, they looked a little slouchy and a little too thin and that kind of a thing. You'd think if there ever was a time to pick and choose, usually that individual was the last one to be chosen. And you went through, you know, you went through 11th grade and the 12th grade and you thought, wow, that, that, that's, he's certainly not a magnet of the women. Uh, no, he doesn't have the stud power that goes along. And, and so you go by, you graduate, you go into college and you get into the workforce and you go back to your high school reunion, the first 10 year reunion. And you're greeting everybody and talking to everyone. And all of a sudden, this absolute debonair individual comes up, firm handshake, and gives you a, a wonderful compliment. He's uh, well-fit, uh, well-spoken, uh, confident in every area, and then gives you his name. And it was the nerd that used to be back in high school. And you're wondering what in the world happened to him. It is a transformation. I can tell you what happened. Someone took him by the hand and was willing to spend time and willing to help with disciplines and willing to train, willing to positively encourage that individual until they decided to better themselves and the person that used to be looked down upon in the latter years of high school is now a very confident and a very successful individual. And it did not happen by accident. It happened because someone took the time. Now, we're not supposed to seek self-confidence. I know there are a lot of books out there on being confident and bettering yourself and all of that. And, and there's nothing wrong with taking a good look at who you are, but that's, that's not the most important. Here's what's most important. We should uh, become confident in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
You see, one person that's just self-confidence speaks of pride. Look what I've done. I bettered myself. And, but the other speaks of humility and a positive attitude, and that's a, a God confidence. So here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. He said, forget about self-confidence. Forget about it. He said, it's useless. Cultivate God confidence. Well, how do we do that? And that's the purpose of our, our message today. Self-confidence, he said, is useless. And it's on shaky ground. Develop a God confidence, which is a solid foundation. Why? Because the scripture says that your heart is deceitful above all things. Sometimes we don't even know when we're deceiving ourselves. And here's, here's another thing that uh, about the hour or the power of confidence. You see, your flesh is weak. One day, here's what will happen. You'll think, man, I am a spiritual giant. I did everything right today. I, I believe, man, I knew that one day I'd get in my stride. I feel like I've got angel wings. I am the best of the best. And boy, you go through that and you want to pat yourself and say, God, surely you want to send me something special because I've been so good today. And then the next day you come off and you wake up grumpy and grouchy and you, uh, you miss an opportunity to share the love of Jesus. You, you uh, get into trouble and your passion for God is non-existent and you find out, hey, this is, this is all about me. I, I will, you know, one day good, one day not so good. There's nothing wrong with being confident in yourself as long as it's second place to being confident in God. So I want to give you three things, and here they are. You must recognize that our God is always for us. Set with me. Recognize that our God is always for us. You see, the reality is that many people have an inaccurate view of the character and the nature of God. Stay with me now. They feel like God's love and favor is tied to their performance. For example, when I did pretty good today, said my prayers and witnessed to a few people. So God, you've got to answer this prayer. Or maybe on the other hand, you feel like you blew it and you didn't act much like a Christian and you just blew up today and you thought, well, God, no favor from you. I guess you'll cut me off. I guess you won't protect my kids. I guess you'll distance yourself from me. I wasn't a good testimony. That is not the nature of God. That is not the nature of God. For example, none of you look at your kids, I hope you don't, and say, oh man, I love my kids. My kids are my kids. And then there are days you say, I'll tell you what, I wish I'd never had kids. Those are not my kids. I don't even think, i tell you, I don't even like kids. You don't do that as a parent. Here's what you do. You don't wake up every morning and say, God, you know, I hope my kids do something bad today. I'm just going to, they've been bad. I hope they do something bad today. I hope they get on my nerves. I hope that they don't behave like they should when we go to dinner to someone else's house. I hope that I, because if that's the case and they do it, I want to beat the living daylights out of them. You don't do that. You don't necessarily say, boy, God, I want my kids. They're the greatest kids in the world. I want to compliment them. I want to love them. 
I want to be good to them, and I'm going to say to them, y'all were good today. Matter of fact, two days in a row, you made your bed up, cleaned your room up, cleaned your bathroom up. Everything was good and kosher. And as a result of your good behavior, I want you to know that I'm going to reward you, and I'm going to be a blessing unto you. You say, well, that, what's wrong with that? Because you see, good behavior should never be based upon the favor that you're going to receive. Neither should bad behavior be rewarded by ill will or by judgment. Why? Because God's character is a characteristic of love. God says to us, whether you're good or bad, I still love you. I still care for you. I still will go out of my way to stand up for you. So here's what he says in Romans 8, 31. Our God, if our God is for us, who can be against us? This is a different twist. If God is for me, then who in the world can be against me? There's no power greater than the power of God. There's no circumstance that can outdistance God's ability to bring healing. There's no one going to show love in a greater way than Almighty God. Often our children feel that they're loved because they get their parents' approval. But may I say to you that we should live our lives from the posture that God is already pleased with us and that he loves us, he has redeemed us, he's died for us, and all we have to do is take a step of faith. And our God promises, I'll be there for you anytime you need. You need guidance? I've got it. You need healing? I'm it. You need wisdom? Ask for it. You need a special blessing? Call on me. Because my goal is to let you know every moment of your day. I know what's going on in your life. I know what's going on in your head. I know what's going on in your spirit. And if you lean on me, I will give you abundant blessing. Hebrews 10.35 says, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. So when things like that hit you, you say, I know my confidence is in the Lord. Here's the second thing. The Lord is my helper and I'll not be afraid. Well, that's good for you to say. The Lord is my helper. He's my helper and I won't, I won't be afraid. You have to will that faith into, into your spirit. He says, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you because of the confidence that's in God. He will be, he is our helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Often fear is created from the unknown. We get nervous and shaky when we're faced with something that we're not sure about, don't know about. And fear is often a, a characteristic or a, a sidebar of, well, what am I going to face? What if, what if, what if, what if? But here's what he says. The Lord is your helper. You see, our helper is the one who knows what's going on. I had a friend one time. He said, I can't do anything. I can't fix anything. He went on to say, I can't even fix a sandwich. Well, I, I want you to know, I think most of us can at least fix a sandwich, but we know how to do that. But if you're like me, 
you're, you're, going to, you're going to tackle something and say, God, you've got to be my helper here. I, I need help in this situation. It's not like you can pass it off. It's not like you can, hey, this is your problem. I'm running from it. I, I, I recently, not long ago, our alarm in our house uh, went off. And uh, the little deal, it was just a noise. It was aggravating uh, with it. And just, I, I don't like rattles in the car or anything. And Sharon uh, got on the phone and called uh, the company that we have is kind of a, a one-man operation that we've known for a long, long time that's plugged into the police and the sheriff's department, the emergency. And when it goes off and we get the call, do you want the sheriff going to come, yada, 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 yada. Uh, and by the way, it's important to remember the password. That's important. Well, anyway, it kept going off and Sharon called and he said, I can't come out. She said, what do you mean you can't come out? He said, well, I am self-quarantining myself in the COVID-19. She said, well, what are you going to do with the alarm that's got this, just, this, this deal that's going off here? He said, well, I'm, I don't know. Now, let me tell you something. How's your patience when you pay your bill every month? And then the thing goes off and you can't get it to be quiet. And the one person who knows how to do it says, I can't come. Well, I had to work on patience that day. So I got on the phone. He says, now, Pastor Blackburn, if you'll go to the box, open it up, you'll see a red wire. Okay. Sharon, where's the box? Opened it up. There's about 50 red wires in there. I said to him, there's about 50 red wires. I'm standing there. He says, well, you're going to have to snip one. Really? My mind went back, as I've told you before, to Bradenton many years ago when that 220 dryer that somebody gave to us and I had to fix the receptacle. And I took the screwdriver and I hit the wrong thing. And it burned the whole end of the screwdriver off. And I still have that today. And he wants me to snip the wire. I thought, okay. And I, I took and he said, now it's this one that comes out of the box. Okay, are you sure? Now I couldn't chicken out. Sharon is right there watching, you know. Chicken out. Can't do that. Can't run. He says, Pastor, just snip the wire. Okay. You think that one's going to work? He said, if you have the right wire. <laughs> I said, I got the wire I think that you said is the one that works. I took my snipper. I put it around that wire and I snipped it and it stopped. I said, thank the Lord. What made it go off? What made it work? What made it stop? I had someone who was a professional who knew what to do, who knew how to coach me, who knew how to tell me exactly which one of those wires happened to be the one. Now, there are times in our lives that we're faced with circumstances and with equations that we don't have solutions to. 
And often we get too busy and so confident in ourselves that we try to fix it. We try to outrun our coverage. We get fearful and worried about it when there's one who is our helper who says, if you'll pay attention to what I have to say, if you'll seek my face, I will give you the exact directive that will help you come through this and you will never be the same again. When we lean on the one who is our helper, he is the one that we have confidence in. I know that God can straighten up a broken relationship. I know that he can heal the sick. I know that God will give wisdom to anyone who asks. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, one of the Hebrew names of God literally means God is our helper. It doesn't say that God is sometimes available. It said he's available all of the time. And we seek his face. Psalms 46.1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. Our refuge and our strength. So listen, have your confidence in God's ability to speak to you and to take you through troubled times. Number three, God is still working on you and me. Say amen. He's still working on me. You remember that song? That's right. It's one Frank Sinatra sang. There you go. Well, you know it wasn't Frank Sinatra, it was a lady who sang that song. But he is still working on you. I don't care if you happen to be David Drew's age, 77, God's still working on you. Whether or not, whether or not you work your own Tim's level and he's the same age I was when I was his age, God's still working on you. How many are grateful for that? I am. God's still working on you. You see, you see the power of God's grace and mercy? He said, you're not everything you're going to be. I'm still working on you. You see the liberty of having a relationship with someone who doesn't beat us up, who doesn't treat us like he's a Marine sergeant in the military, that he reaches out and he said, hey, I'm working on you and we'll take it in the same stride that will benefit you. Do you see the beauty of what it means to have a God who is loving and kind and not bitter and hateful and angry at us? Do you see the beauty of, of what it means to lean on to him and you can do it in your heart of hearts and though you may have made a mistake, do you know that God is still loving and maybe you hit your finger with a hammer and when you hit that finger with a hammer, a word comes out that you thought was under the blood of Jesus Christ. And buddy, you rang it out loud and clear. He doesn't come along like the enemy does and said, I thought you were Christian. I thought you were redeemed. I thought you were a man or woman of God. And there I told you that stuff is still in you. You said that bad word. You are not the Christian that you think you are. You are not the Christian that other people uh, believe that you are. You are a hypocrite and you're no more going to go to heaven than anybody else. That's what the devil will do to you. But if you have confidence in God and you know that he's your helper and you know that he says, I'm not done with you, you can say, God, I'm sorry about that. God will say, that's okay. I'm still, I'm still working on you. You see, don't let the devil browbeat you because you may not be able to stand up in times that you need to. Don't let the devil 
beat you up when you may not have met the mark. Don't let the devil strangle your spiritual personality and your, and your heart. Don't let him do that because God said, hey, I'm still working on that person. And I have enough grace and enough mercy to understand. So when the devil tells you that, you can say that he's a liar. God loves us. And it is a covenant relationship. It's not one that whether I do good or I don't do good. It's not one whether I please him or I don't. It's one that's covenant. It's one that says, you're going to be okay. Keep at it. You're going to go up another level. You're going to be better tomorrow than you are today. And through your challenges, you're going to learn some lessons. And you're going to be purified as gold because God's grace and God's mercy is there. I'm confident that my God is strong enough to see me through. How about you? So wherever you're at and whatever you're going through and whatever challenge, somebody said to me the other day, when in the world are we going to come back to church? Where are we going to come in our cars tonight, six o'clock? When are you, when are you guys ever going to open the doors? Well, when God moves and speaks for Victory Church, amen, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to do. And we're not going to be persuaded by what other people may or may not do. We're just going to do what God's called us to do. And let me tell you what God's calling you to do right now. You might look in your life and maybe you've beaten yourself up. And maybe you, maybe you did blow it. And you let the devil lie to you and just strangle you. Or maybe, maybe you've backed away from God and you think, wow, I, I, how could he ever love me? He loves you. He died for you and he still loves you. So no matter what the case, he, my friend, is confident in your ability to trust him and he will never, ever let you down. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the abundance of your grace and your mercy. I thank you because I know that you do not fail we need more of you. We need forgiveness. And we need mercy. and We need a whole lot of love. And Lord, these are times in which, um, boy, howdy. How do you figure out what 50% is in a restaurant? Or how do you figure out a lot of things that's going on that we have no answers to? And these are moments, these special moments like we've had this morning together, that we can grow closer to you. I thank you because I know that there are people that, that we may have taken for granted, like those cosmetologists or those that do hair, may have taken them for granted until we couldn't go in anymore. We may have taken some other things for granted when it didn't appear on the shelf and we couldn't get it. But here's what we know. There is never an absence of your love and forgiveness. So just in case some of you are out there and you just need to pray a little sinner's prayer, I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. And let's get our hearts cleansed. Are you ready? Here we go. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins thank you for your redeeming power 
I don't have anything to bring to you except my heart. I bring you my will and I place it at your feet. I pray that you would take away all my guilt, all my fear, all my misunderstanding and create in me a pure heart. Let me love you and let me trust you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everybody. I pray that uh, you'll join us tonight, 6 o'clock. And don't forget the food shower. Bring, bring those uh, non-perishable items. And let's pay attention. We're going to have a great, great time together. But before I go, let's take one more moment to worship the Lord just a little bit more. Thank you, everybody. We love you. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Sing. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. challenge for us today. God is for you and with him you can handle anything that comes your way. You know this series has been incredibly helpful as we all learn a new normal and if you missed any of the messages along the way simply head to victorylakeland.org to get caught up or even watch them again and if you've decided to follow Jesus congratulations you've just made the most important decision of your life Take a moment to post a comment wherever you are watching the service or call us at 863-859-6000 and let us know so we can celebrate with you and help you through the next steps in your faith journey. Thank you again for joining the service today. And don't forget we have a special drive-in service and a food drive happening tonight at 6 p.m. at Victory's North Campus. You can get all the details at victorylakeland.org. We'll see you tonight.